You're listening to Once, Episode 39, A Land Without Magic, Part 2, Storybrooke. Welcome back to Once, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And we're happy to have you back with us. Hey, if this is the only episode you're getting about A Land Without Magic, please make sure that you tell your podcast program to go back and also catch episode 38. Sometimes releasing two episodes at a time means that you only get the latest episode that's available. So just make sure that you go back and check and make sure that you also got episode 38 because that's where we talked about fairy tale land. For this episode, since there's so much to talk about with the finale, we'll be talking strictly uh, well, mostly, about the storybook aspects of this finale of Once Upon a Time that was called A Land Without Magic. And what an awesome finale it was. And we shared many other thoughts in this. So make sure that you listen to episode 38 or go to oncepodcast.com slash 38 for the previous episode about Fairytale Land. And the show notes for this episode will be at oncepodcast.com slash 39. We'd love to get your feedback too on things, and you can send that as always to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903 231 2221, or you can also go to oncepodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab and send it to us. Record it right from your computer and join our forums and all other stuff. You can connect with us in just about every way possible over at oncepodcast.com. So before we talk about this and the storybook aspects of this finale episode. I want to thank a couple people who have stepped up to sponsor this episode of Once Podcast, Sandra and Charlene Nelson. Huge thank you for your donations to help make this podcast possible, especially with our rising server costs and bandwidth expenses and all of that. We really appreciate it. If anyone else would like to sponsor an episode, you can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Thanks, guys. So let's talk about Storybrooke. There's so much more to talk about, and most of the feedback we got is related to Storybrooke. During the recap, I just have to say, Henry's falling after he ate the turnover was really exaggerated, <laughs> I think. <laughs> it was like, plump, like, crash. You mean crash. The sound was. Yes. <laughs> it was too big for a little kid. <laughs> so, so, so far... You've liked two out of three floor noises in the show that you've commented on. <laughs> two out of, yes. Yes. <laughs> so we talked about a lot of things related to especially this first scene in our initial reactions, which you can hear in episode 37 over at oncepodcast.com slash 37. But it picks up with this scene that they're in the hospital. Henry's there. Dr. Whale is there and saying, no, it, it doesn't look like poison. And Emma touches the book. And that's when she flashes. Froosh. You skipped cool <laughs> stuff, though. Dr. Whale was actually likable on this episode. Yeah. He was a I doctor. have a little interesting thing about Dr. Whale. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I mean, I don't really know. No one really knows who Dr. Whale is. It does no. not help to find and search the internet. And all of Google does not know <laughs> who Dr. Whale is. But if he is the whale from Moby Dick. Monst- oh, from Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Okay. Moby Dick was a white whale. 
and he's always wearing white and he's Dr. Whale because he's a doctor at the hospital. So I just mm. thought maybe and not okay, we have Beauty and the Beast. The beast was Rumple Stiltskin. He was a human. So Dr. Whale very well could just be an evil person or someone very powerful or something. Actually, who was the enemy in that? Whether in what? it was Captain Ahab or the whale or something. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> but I'm wondering if he's just very powerful. I don't think he's going to be an enemy because I think they already have the queen lined up for that. But I was just thinking with the white, he could be the white whale from Moby Dick. There she blows. Oh, it was a she. <laughs> Couldn't be Dr. Whale. Uh, there yeah. she blows. There's... You just destroyed my whole... <laughs> Sorry. Some <Sorry>. people <laughs> in the chat room said it could be Ahab. Mm. If you want mm. to consider this a fairy tale, which I guess... By the way, I think Ahab right. was the villain because he made his crew adore like really hard ships. <laughs> we Pun got... intended. <laughs> we got For the sake a... of killing a whale. Yes. We got a lot of feedback on about dr whale so much that i think that maybe someday during the summer hiatus we might have a dr whale focused episode (laughs) just share all of these theories about who he might be because there we did get a lot and i haven't included them in this episode Uh, but we we might include those in some future episode during the summer hiatus by the way going back to emma are we literally jumping all the way to emma pouring out this the stuff in the bag yeah all the way did you see what she poured out there was an Apollo bar and an Avengers comic. That yeah, that's where it was. Okay, I there didn't catch that CD of something it looked like a bell and roses. I couldn't really tell what it was, but the Avengers comic was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's where the cameo or yeah, appearance was going to be. And an Apollo bar. Yeah, lost reference there. But the that point where Emma picks it up, what struck me about it is. This is when Emma not only remembers and realizes the curse is real, but she also knows her purpose in all of this suddenly. But she's not accepting of it. And that we come to that throughout this episode that she's just not accepting of her purpose. She doesn't care about breaking the curse. She only cares about Henry. I love that she basically remembered scenes of her parents holding her as an infant yeah i thought that was crazy too i was like infant flashbacks maybe the book Who just came <laughs> maybe the book came alive for her and since it was in there suddenly i don't know maybe. speaking and of magic i called that that she would see flashbacks to that remember when we talked about uh the episode about pinocchio and in the return uh i or not the return but uh the, the other one uh well the one about pinocchio the stranger yeah thank you when I, I mentioned that I wondered if when Emma touched the tree or if she would touch the tree, if that would make her remember. Oh, yeah. And we were all like, what's she going to do? Have infant flashbacks. <laughs> and look what she had. <laughs> infant flashbacks. I got to trademark that. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think she was already starting to believe whenever whenever um, Dr. Whale was talking about there's nothing you know, there's no like physical evidence that anything was wrong with him. Mm-hmm. It must be. And she completed it magic. And he used the word neurotoxin, which just yeah. makes it so much cooler. <laughs> neurotoxin. <laughs> A deadly neurotoxin. So she, she's like, wow, this, the face that she gets when then Regina walks in. I is loved it. Great. I still love it again. Well, <laughs> the screenshot of the sound was fantastic yeah we'll have a screenshot over at onespodcast.com slash 39 so you can check that out and just see that angry face it's 
begging to be captioned. And I practiced it earlier looking at you, but you didn't even notice. (laughs) (laughs) Do it again. No. (laughs) Maybe later. But when Emma throws Regina into that closet, and I I just wonder, what were the people outside thinking? Yes, yes, yes. I was surprised nobody, I guess they were busy worrying about the dying child or something, but I was surprised they didn't open the door and be like, what is going on in here? Fight, fight, fight. Why is the sheriff attacking the mayor? Maybe they're all happy about that. Yeah, maybe so. I would have been. I was. I was too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it, Regina said that magic in storybook is unpredictable and that she l- used her last bit to make the turnover. But when she talked about that they needed magic in order or needed to talk to someone who knew about magic also, Emma immediately knew Mr. Gold. But she seemed shocked when Regina said he goes by Rumpelstiltskin. Well, that's because he seems weird and knowing, but she hadn't ever, and Henry has never put that together. Well, she read the books, so I think she would have known how evil Rumpelstiltskin was, or was he not written in the books? Henry didn't know know who he was, so it might have either been, one, oh, that's who Henry never, never could figure out who it was, or two, I never read about him. So that might have explained some ways why she was shocked. I'm just assuming that she already knows all of the the fairy tales like like we would because i mean she grew up in our world and she was around fairy tales and that's all she knew about them so maybe she was thinking oh like like two and two put two and two together and like i don't know I thought, and, and I she thought hinted her- at that when um in one of the past episodes when she said the fairy tales in the book you gave henry not quite the traditional fairy tales as we know them so, yeah, she, she does know them, the traditional ways. Yeah. Like we do. So, I wonder, how much did she get? Now, obviously, the producers aren't going to flash off everything she knows from hmm. when she touched the book. They just did that. It's you know the technique that they communicate to us what happened in her mind without actually showing us every single thing that she now knows. Do you right. think that's why she ran to Pinocchio? Right away, because she realized what he had done. I mean, I don't know. The infant flashbacks is a little weird, but... I don't think so. I think she just saw him as somebody who could help her. And that he had been the most sane adult to talk to her about the curse. One who said he was turning into wood was the most sane adult. (laughs) Well, she trusted him. Mm -hmm. She didn't trust Jefferson, obviously. And she had every reason to believe Jefferson was some kind of weirdo well she doesn't know where he is yeah we all know where sydney glass is now yeah, <laughs> yeah. s dot glass in the basement of the hospital yeah he can stay there yeah, yes well, he can that, that basement <laughs> scene has more to talk about too which we'll get to in a moment but uh, so emma knows and they decide they're gonna go talk to mr gold how did he know she knew suddenly because he she walked in and he said is that just is that the look of a believer or something like that? I can't remember yeah. the exact quote. It There's a little hint of something, which I wonder if this was some hint of magic had occurred. But when she walks in, the camera deliberately looks at some candles and the candles flicker like there was some kind of... Like the door to the front of the well, building opened. Yeah, but why? 
it's it seems a little pointless to show oh yeah a door opened it blew the candles a little bit well regina brings with her a lot of hot air <laughs> <laughs> well did Take you notice that as you will he already had the sword on on the counter mm-hmm. so did he know he already knew about henry yeah too i was That's like odd. uh is that just the way gossip spreads in little storybrook I mean, bigger than you think, Storybrooke, or... Or maybe he simply knew that the only reason that Regina and Emma would come to him is if it was something bad about Henry. But he said it like he knew what it was. True. Uh, and and I have that quote, what he says, because I also wanted to use this for something else, what he's talking about magic with a price. I told you magic comes with a price. Henry shouldn't have to pay it. No, you should, but alas, we are where we are. <laughs> alas. <laughs> He's using his old English like in fairy tales. I wanted to like him and trust him. Me too. He let me down. You can like evil villains. Okay. (laughs) You can. (laughs) As we talked about in episode 38 in our fairy tale discussion, Rumpelstiltskin describes that he used just a drop of the true love potion on the parchment for writing the dark curse. And that it was that powerful. And he said he called it a safety valve. Keep that thought for when I discuss my grand theory at the end. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then, of course, we know that he wants this whole love potion to use later, which we'll talk about later as he gets it. But then there's that spot when he's he's talking about our friend in the basement. (laughs) And uh, Reva sent in an email about this, saying, When Rumpelstiltskin was talking to Emma and Regina for the first time about his potion, he turns to Regina and says, Tell me, Your Majesty, is our friend still in the basement? For one heart-stopping moment, I thought Mr. Gold knew all along about Belle in the basement and had been plain ignorant of the fact for whatever reason. I hadn't even thought of that. Of course, they went on (laughs) to talk about Maleficent, Maleficent, But I think they intentionally threw that line in there to give us a little what (laughs) moment. They did. From Reva. Thank you for sending that in. Awesome. I didn't even think of that. That was the first thing I thought. The what moment kind of went over my head. (laughs) I I wondered that same thing, too, when I saw it. Because it it sounds, and even Regina's response, she said something. I can't remember what she called him, but some kind of name. Like, you little, did did she call him a pervert? I know, not no, not but you, Are you sure you, she did? She no. called him some kind of name. I don't name. remember I can't, this name. Yeah, I remember what it was. Imp. <laughs> Thank Imp. you, chat room. Several in the chat room. <laughs> Imp, <laughs> pervert, you know. I don't even know. But, <laughs> oh, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Twisted little imp. It, it made me think that <laughs> Regina was thinking he knew about Belle. Until then, he continued on with the conversation. Like, she just played along without actually giving in any information. But then he makes it clear that he's talking about Maleficent instead. But I don't, something to point out about this is as of this whole episode that we've seen, at no point does Regina actually know that Rumpelstiltskin now knows the truth about Belle. Because that's never brought up. Regina never finds out that Belle was let out. Wait this, a minute. Not yet. What in if, this, yeah. what if some, I don't know, I, I feel like ho- her having Belle in the basement the whole time was a little weird. What if she wanted gold 
to find Belle again? No. I think if she did something to her. I don't think she did. I think she wanted to save Belle for some bigger deal that she was going to try and work. I think she has an exploding curse on her and a kiss (laughs) will make her blow up. Wow. (laughs) I don't know. That's the first thing. I shouldn't admit that that's the first thing I thought of when you said maybe she did something to her. I really enjoyed (laughs) the number of times that Regina was surprised in this episode. I loved it. I loved seeing Regina squirm Mm -hmm. at surprises. It was amazing. Why did they have to wait until nightfall to go to the... The library, was it? Uh, the timing of everything confused me a little because it seemed to be, and I meant to go back and look, it seemed to be light in the hospital room when they took Henry there. Then it was dark when they went to the library. Then it was light again when they came out. Yeah. I think what happened, they, they, uh, the whole thing with Henry happened. They were at the hospital during the day. And then, like, uh, the time passed and Emma was, she went to go see August and maybe she did some other stuff. But they agreed to kind of rendezvous at the library at nightfall. I don't know why they had to wait till night. I just think that you would make that happen as quickly as yeah, possible. Yeah, me too. And did Emma fight the dragon, like, all night? I wouldn't think so, it, but... <laughs> well, it seemed about all night. Here's, here's a timeline of things. Uh, consider last episode, Emma goes to Regina and says, I'm leaving. Regina gives her the turnover. Emma goes back to her apartment <laughs> That's where Henry comes and then eats the turnover, and then he's rushed immediately to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So this is afternoon, late evening of whatever day this is. When uh, then Regina and Emma then go from the hospital to Mr. Gold's, he tells them what they need to do, and I guess they spend some more time planning it out and talking about what actually has to be done, because we never see them describe that. couldn't have talked too much about it, because they get to the library, and I was like, what's down there? Well, uh, yeah, that's true. Well, after they go see Mr. Gold, they go back to the hospital Mm -hmm. to to speak with Henry. Yeah, Emma goes, (laughs) and then she says to Regina, you've got 10 minutes, and then Regina said something like, you know where to meet, and but at that same time that Regina is talking to Henry and then Jefferson. By the way, that scene was so sad because Jefferson did everything he was told to do. Yeah, and well, Regina was just being so unfair. We'll mention that more in a minute. But then after the hospital, or while Regina's there at the hospital, then Emma goes to see August. Then Regina and Emma meet at the library. It at is 1045. 10 yes. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Oh. So they said that. 1045. They didn't say it, but that's what the clock tower showed. Oh, okay. The digitized... So 3D seriously. clock tower on top of the library. <laughs> so then by the time she breaks the curse, which happened sometime while Rump <laughs> and Belle were walking through the woods, because that's the first time she said his name, so then he does the whole well thing, that was just, that was around 8 a.m. Yeah. That's a long time to be fighting a dragon. Yeah, it is. Why, well, you'd really... fight, you'd be able to defeat the dragon faster. I'd fall asleep by the end. Not if your life was... Maybe it was a really long elevator. Some, yeah, some <laughs> of the, the time... Well, here's the other thing to consider is when... Uh, since we're... This comes next in the timeline anyway at the library. When they go down, it's 1045 when Emma goes down. She walks around down there looking around and she runs across Snow White's glass coffin. Yeah. Remember where that is positioned. I was going to bring that up. It needs... That tunnel must have been long, mm-hmm. longer the than it seemed. problem is they should have done a two-hour episode, because <laughs> so much happened that as much as I really enjoyed this episode, they didn't make me 
like really wrap myself and and envelop myself into each of the scenes. It was so mm-hmm. quick, and they turned so fast. Uh, I love how Emma believed in the first before the first commercial. That was crazy. But yeah, it should have been two hours or something because they packed so much. It was it was too quick for me. I didn't really feel. I have a hard time feeling for some of the characters as much as I'm enjoying it. I'm I really don't care who dies. I I know that sounds really weird, but if someone died, it wouldn't at all have been like um, you know, Graham. Mm-hmm. Like if anyone else died, I would just I'd be like, oh. That stinks. I, I really was hoping to get more of their character. I was tearing up seeing Henry die again for the third time. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, hmm. that was some good. Uh, I mean, I, I like acting. Henry. Wow. But as much as he's a, I think he's doing a great job acting and everything. And I enjoy his character. There's so many characters in this that it's hard to feel very strong about one particular character. Graham was in it so continuously for a few. Ep- I feel for a few episodes. And then, you know, when he died, it was like, whoa, I was actually getting attached to him as a as a character. I was feeling for him and his story and hoping that he would survive. So I feel there's so many characters and I'm glad they leave a, several of the characters out for so long so you can try to get back with them. But yeah, that's just the way I feel. Well, back to Jeremy's point, the, the travel of how much Emma must have had to walk here in the cave because she got to Snow White's coffin, which is remember in the episode, the still small voice, that coffin was under the little bit of caves that were that collapsed. And when Regina dropped that last piece of glass down the hole, it fell on the coffin and that's outside of town. <gasps> so that means that Emma would have had to walk from the library to that spot. To reach the coffin, unless the dragon moved the coffin. <laughs> I guess my wormhole theory is shot because she probably would have seen a wormhole down there, and the the wormhole was pretty close to the coffin in the episode that we saw the coffin first. <sighs> my theory is shot. So she probably was down there for a while, walking around. They they split it up because. You can't tell immediately from one perspective uh, or the other how far she has traveled from when she gets out of the elevator to when she gets to uh, the place with the glass coffin. There's split scenes, obviously not just like she walks down a tunnel, there's a coffin, but she's walked around for a while. So it's probably been a while that she's down there. Just before Regina sent Emma down there, that's when Emma was asking, what's down there? And Regina, again, referred to her as an old friend. Her only friend. Her, my friend of me. <laughs> she should have said friend of me. And, uh, in fact, said that she was trapped in that form. That was her punishment of being trapped in that form. Yes. So... Uh, we've seen a dragon before. <laughs> Remember when your mom used to say, don't make that face or it'll stay that way? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> we've seen a dragon before this episode, besides the one that Prince Charming killed. The other time is in the pilot episode, there's a dragon that as the curse is coming toward the castle, this dragon is ahead of the curse and flies like just rooms right above the camera. Really? 
yeah, you can't really see enough detail of it to figure out whether it's the same dragon. It looks like it's not, but it could be it could be one of those things where they just didn't have it planned exactly how Maleficent would look back then, but like they Gollum? intended it to look. Now, like where this. is this particularly? This is in the pilot episode. Uh, near the end of the fairy tale land storyline of the pilot episode, uh, it shows Grumpy on the tower castle and he sees the curse coming, this big cloud, and he starts ringing the bell saying, It's here, it's here. Awesome scene, by the way. And the dragon flies. You see a view from the castle across the valley with two mountains on either side, and the curse is coming, the black cloud's coming through, and a bunch of animals are running away from it, but much closer than that, a dragon flies right past the castle. Hmm. It's definitely a dragon, not a bird. But <laughs> whether it's Maleficent, we don't know. But that would make sense that Maleficent is running away from Regina or just trying to join I'd Regina run away from purple smoke. <laughs> <laughs> purple and green and all sorts of colors. Let's find out. In it. So it, it could be the same dragon or maybe not. But cool little reference over there. But that was her punishment. So it's odd that Regina is punishing her frenemy. She's yeah. punishing everyone. Yeah. But specifically her only friend. Why is she punishing her? Is because it... she wouldn't hand over that stinking curse. That's my <laughs> thought. <laughs> stinking. <laughs> yes, I guess that's why. But... Uh... I don't know. Could there be more? Am I overthinking it? There, there might be more because it, it might be another part of a story that we have yet to see. The writers are pretty smart and they've indicated that there are a lot of things that they said they could turn into full stories later on. They've hinted at. Hopefully they'll do a better job than Dreamy. But still, a lot of these things, they like to show the history or the prequels of fairy tales more than the fairy tales themselves. You've mm-hmm. probably noticed that pattern by now after 22 episodes. Most of them, they tell the prequel or, or around the character, how the character got that way. <clears throat> but I, I skipped over a scene here when Emma went to see August in his room that a couple important things were said here from August to Emma is... Well, I, I like what Emma said, and this explains very well what she's going through in her mind as all of this is happening. This is all too much. I, I just talked to the evil queen in Rumpelstiltskin about a quest to find magic. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad they acknowledged that. I was like, okay, she's challenging Henry. Then they're at the hospital, and within the first five minutes, they're talking magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how is she okay with this? I like that we got to see part of her like coping with. Wow, this is so much. I'm the savior. <laughs> How's this possible? And it makes me even wonder: is she still questioning it until she gets to the dragon, or until she sees August turn into a wooden boy and all of this, and suddenly realize <laughs> wooden, wooden man, <laughs> yeah, yes. wooden man, and what is going through her mind? How is she going to be after this? I just didn't expect to see her with a dragon. I just, <laughs> not this season or next season. Lila Faye Wood in the chat room is saying she needs to go to Hopper. <laughs> yeah. He'll say, don't give in to your dark side. It never accomplishes anything. 
feeds my theory. But uh, then she's telling August, I can't do this. No one can. And I love August's response. Luckily for us, you're not normal. You can save Henry. You can save all of all us. Of who? <laughs> all We're of the August. world. All of the worlds. That was sad. <gasps> oh. Explain, Jeremy. Who knows what Rumple has in store. Maybe he wants to take over all the realms. Well, I mean, think about it. He said he was in this other place outside of Storybrooke and outside of the place he was staying at when um, when he was being bad, basically. Like this, the, the part where Pinocchio's story seems to continue. He was on that island. Mm-hmm. Okay. Forget which island. But so maybe there's other magical worlds within our world, or maybe our world possesses the portals to the other worlds too. Well, the hat, let's not forget the hat, right. is a bridge to other worlds. And now that Storybrook has magic, Jefferson's hat that Regina has, and maybe the one Emma made, we'll talk about more about that in a moment. But uh, that hat might be a bridge to these other worlds. It's just that his. M.O. has been, I have to have the most power of anyone. I have to control everything if I'm going to protect the ones I love. And I thought he had changed. Apparently, he hasn't. So, if that's his way of thinking, then not only does he want to protect Belle now and find Bay, but he could very well want to just control everything so that he can protect them. Yeah, his his love is definitely magic first, then Bay, then Belle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, also before the library scene, when Regina was in the hospital and Jefferson was there, I knew as soon as Regina walked in that something was going to happen. I didn't. And Jefferson, surely, is, sure enough, is there. And he wants uh, something. He wants his daughter back. He wants, he wants her to make good on her part of the deal, which she didn't. Grr. <laughs> And he wants to kill Regina. He doesn't have it in him to kill Regina, though. Well, she says. I feel like he does. Well, the kind of the look on his face, though, looked like he was saying, oh, yeah, I guess I don't really have it in me. He's definitely afraid of her. Like, he was, his eyes were all, like, shifty when he was kind of saying, all right, give me what you promised. I think... Still, though, that he never expected her to even be able to do anything, let alone keep her end of the bargain. And I don't, I mean, he's had his own plan all along, which I think may have half backfired now because he didn't know what was about to happen. Right. He didn't really care about Henry at all. But I think that he, maybe somehow he also knows that if Regina dies, the curse stays in effect forever. I don't think he knows that. I don't think he does. I don't know. He knows a lot somehow. Well, Regina was, she didn't tell him why he couldn't kill her. She just said, I don't think you have it in you. Well, it was interesting. He knew that Belle was in the basement. So he knew a lot of things that. Oh, that's yeah. true. How did he know that? He watches everything. <sighs> well, he's been walking around town, mapping things, maybe also logging patterns. Maybe he's the one who brought Sydney to the basement. Mm. You know, Regina didn't do it. She got someone to do it. I don't think he'd give him a name plaque. 
<laughs> it was made of magic marker. Anyone could have done that. I think Regina would have put him in the basement. Oh, Regina had to put him in the basement because he had to be arrested and sent away for what he supposedly did. But he can't leave Storybrooke. Yeah. So she had to hide him. Yeah. Good job. Thank or, you. or just told, <laughs> patting yeah. myself on the back. Maybe she just told him, go there go the and lock yourself in. <laughs> go to the basement. <laughs> Write your name on the plaque outside the door when you go in. <laughs> Unless David's dad... Or Prince Charming's dad. Who is that creepy janitor? He's the warden or something. I don't know. Well, the whole thing is a nod to, um, uh, well, the whole scene, kind of. Both times that we've seen it is a nod to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's a Jack Nicholson film from 1975 about a criminal who is transferred to a mental hospital and tried to rebel against the status quo there. And that's from Arwin... Erwin Greenleaf, who sent in yeah. that uh, little note there to point that out to us, of the lady that was at the desk and the kind of um, Native American-looking guy that was quiet and never spoke that was sweeping the floor oh, well, both times. I don't know. He was kind I think of he's significant to be a Native American. To put him in both times and have him kind of looking like he's cleaning, but he looks really, really unproductive. He looks I don't know. really like nervous and he looks he looks deranged. So maybe that's his punishment <laughs> to be cleaning eternally in the basement. Uh, but I don't know. Same spot. We got an email from or a voicemail from Alexis about Jefferson and maybe some thoughts on season two. Ooh. Hey guys. Um love the podcast. I've been listening for just a few episodes of the podcast now, but I'm already hooked. I want to talk about a few things with Jefferson and next season. First thing that I'm really curious about is the hat that Emma made for him a few episodes ago and whether or not it works now that magic has returned. And I think it probably does because, you know, if it didn't, that would be really boring. So I think he's got a functional hat now and even better. <laughs> I don't think Regina knows that he has you know, the second hat. And the other thing I'm, I've, I've kind of been curious about is what his reunion with his daughter will be like next season, whether or not it'll be a happy reunion, you know, or if she'll be resentful to him for breaking his promise. So, mm. you know, that's sort of what I'm looking forward to in season two from Jefferson. So thanks for listening. Look forward to your podcast. Bye. Nice. I love how he's stirring up trouble for Regina now since <laughs> she didn't give him what he asked for. I like the phrase functional hat. <laughs> functional hat. <laughs> Could it be that this second hat that Emma made for him is going to be some type of tool in this final battle that I'm guessing we're going to see in the next season? I think it's just going to be a big goal. Possibly the storytelling device possibly i don't know i think there's going to be some world jumping maybe jefferson oh, maybe jefferson can take emma to a magical land of hope and wonder <laughs> <laughs> i would love that i would love to see emma end up in fairy tale world i've i've just imagined that happening me too i half wondered if she would end up there Without everybody in Storybrooke, but then I kept coming back to, but then how boring is that? She belongs there. She wanders around in the forest and everybody else is trapped in our world. It's like, oh, I'm here all by myself. <laughs> this isn't very fun. Right. 
going back to August just for a moment, because we got an email in from Ellie, who, Jenny, she says, I disagree wholeheartedly with Jenny. There is no way August died. He just turned into wood, and I think he will either be a talking puppet, or when the curse was broken, he turned back into his human self. Hmm. I would love to see August come back to life, because I liked him. Mm-hmm. But I think he died. They did a good job with the merging of the puppet. Yeah. Like him becoming yes. a puppet. But a talking puppet, that would that would cost a lot for effects and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say soon it'll be hard to breathe. And if yeah. you're not breathing, then you're dead. But then or again. You're wooden. Or you're wooden. <laughs> Magical and wooden. Maybe it, the magic, the purple magic smoke will make him come to life as a wooden man. Yes. Perhaps. It was the blue fairy's magic that turned him from just a puppet. Or this is the way we assume... Let me back up. The original fairy tale is that the wood that Pinocchio was made from was enchanted anyway. The Disney fairy tale is that the, well, I mean, the wood Pinocchio was made from was already talking and had a personality. That's how the actual Adventures of Pinocchio book goes, is mm-hmm. that the person was like carved out of the wood. He, it was already talking and laughing and giggling and stuff mm-hmm. as it was being carved. Um, and then the Disney version is that the blue fairy came and turned the puppet into a talking puppet and then later turned it into a real boy. Because of Geppetto's wish. Yeah. The Storybrook version or Once Upon a Time version seems to be that Geppetto made a puppet out of an enchanted tree and it became this talking puppet similar to, in that sense, similar to the original fairy tale, and then the blue fairy was the one that turned the puppet into a real boy. Mm -hmm. So, all of that to say, now that there's magic, where does that put him in it? Because magic was involved in multiple stages of his existence. Right. So, (laughs) he kept saying, though, that to stop it, he needed magic and he needed the curse broken. Mm -hmm. So, now that those two things have presumably happened... Yeah, and Storybrooke did not have magic before the curse. Well, actually, it didn't have magic until Rumpelstiltskin brought magic as the purple smoke. So I'm thinking, well, August wasn't really talking or anything after he turned into a puppet. So I'm assuming that he didn't have magic, so he was just kind of dead and wood and stuff. And I think think he'll actually wake up again when magic hits him. I think he'll wake up. Good. I'm glad we agree on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping, too, that now that people have been woken up, that uh, we'll find some more, like, powers or something, or more, like, magic mm-hmm. back and forth, mm-hmm. like, magic fighting magic, and not necessarily just, you know, someone being held by magic, or that's pretty much what it's been. Like, Prince mm-hmm. Charming and Snow White always get caught and put in little glass coffins and and cages just because they have no magic. I liked the moment when Ruby and Granny got hit with the magic cloud. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They got hit with the, the curse being broken. I like that moment. Like, they were like, <gasps> and you're like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to Jefferson also for a moment, Rava sent in saying, when Jefferson opens Bell's cell door, he holds out his hand and says, come with me. And I couldn't help but think that line should have ended if you want to live. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I even said that. <laughs> and then he says, 
On another note, I theorize that the nurse watching the basement ward is Cinderella's evil stepmother. The only reason I have to think this is because of her hairstyle. It reminds me of the stepmother's hair in the Disney version. Her hair was bigger in this episode. (laughs) A flimsy thing to go on, but there it is. From Rava. Hmm. That's a good idea. I hope that's not our actual hairstyle and she just chose to use that (laughs) into the episode. The Disney version, the the stepmother... She looked older than that woman. Like, this woman has blonde hair, doesn't she? Yes. The Disney version stepmother has gray hair. True. And it was big, too, and like in two big balls on the top of her head. Mounds. She's so ugly, too. (laughs) Could be. Or or maybe it's some other relation. We might find her backstory. Maybe we should have an episode all about her. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) I didn't think she looked ugly. I thought she looked mean. Like the the, the Disney animation? version, yeah. Oh. Well, she definitely makes the Disney shock face with the flared nostril and the sideways <laughs> look and the oh, the snarled lip. <laughs> so everybody, send us screenshots of Disney characters <laughs> making the evil shocked face. Feedback at oncepodcast dot com. <laughs> when Emma was in the caves and killed the dragon. The dragon, again, like we mentioned, looked very much like the Disney version mm-hmm. of Snow White. Very, very of close. Snow White. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the dragon looked like Snow White. <laughs> of Maleficent in Disney's Sleeping Beauty uh, movie. And we mentioned that in our last episode, episode 38. But also, the way that Emma kills the dragon <laughs> is very similar to how the prince killed the dragon right. in Sleeping Beauty. Oh, he threw the sword at the dragon and it hit the dragon's <laughs> heart and that killed the dragon. Interesting. I think the cheesiest moment for me in this episode was when Emma hugged the egg. <laughs> she I was like, it. why are you hugging this egg? I missed that. You didn't realize it existed until like an hour ago. She just fought a dragon all night long. She was tired and not thinking clearly. I just want to hug this egg. I wish this were a pillow. I worked so hard to get it. I wish Henry weren't dying so I could sleep right now. <laughs> wow. When Emma when Emma comes up and she discovers that she's been had by Mr. Gold, Regina says something that it's a short little line, but I wonder if it's for a much bigger picture. He manipulated all of this. All of this. Which all of this? Oh, either one you want. <laughs> because does she mean just like the, the, the current situation they were in? Or yes. is she saying all of this meaning every single thing that's happened? Which yes. we're thinking <laughs> that he manipulated everything. Well, she has already said that. She's already confronted him about that. But he also as much as he could, orchestrated what was happening that day. In how much, though? Because he didn't have control over everything. Like, he didn't have control over Henry's eating the apple. He certainly didn't have control over Jefferson going and releasing Bell. No, but he knows things about people, and he is good at predicting. He's been around so long, he's observed what people are like. He can predict very closely i imagine what people will do and he's he's probably walking around giving people nudges that we don't see we see some of them how he just kind of suggests things to people Mm -hmm. and they go off and take all this action based on what he said just Mm -hmm. one little thing that he says yeah 
and keep in mind that Rumpelstiltskin is centuries old. We don't know exactly how old, but Robert Carlyle has said that uh, the actor who plays Rumpelstiltskin has said hundreds of years. Uh-huh. Jane Espenson has said centuries. So that means sounds like more than two. Maybe. Yeah. So he's he's been around for a while. He's had a lot of time to plan this curse and to plan every detail of it. And he created the curse originally to get his son back. But is that all? Is there something more? Because if he's had hundreds of years to be able to plan this and put this together, then maybe there's so much more to the story of of his plan. So then uh, having lost the egg of true love. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the egg of true love. Emma goes back to that hospital and that's, well, because they got the call, Emma and Regina, yeah. that Henry had died? Yes. Do you think he actually died? He did. Because they said there's nothing else we could do. Well, I can't decide if it was died, died, or... Coma died? Like, because, uh... Like, because that was intelligent. You remember... (laughs) Snow White not having breath? Exactly. Red put Mm -hmm. the blade under her nose, which was really creepy, by the way. I thought, I was like, what on earth are you doing? why are you doing that? You're gonna cut her lip! (laughs) I'm hungry. I'm a wolf. (laughs) Where's the moon when you need it? (laughs) No, but yeah, it was... If somebody has no breath, it would look to all our medical instruments like they were dead. Oh, yeah. They're not really set for magic detection. That's what I'm thinking, too. Magic (laughs) detection. Quick, get your magic detection meters. (laughs) Because this is before the curse is broken, so none of them have knowledge of magic except Regina and Emma. So, I don't think he was dead because we've heard a couple times before that magic can't bring people back from the dead. Right. Okay, there you go. But some people have sent in some theories, which I think we'll get to a little bit later. Yeah, it's in some of the feedback later. But that basically, maybe Rumpelstiltskin wants to bring Bay back from the dead. But then again, is he dead? We'll we'll talk about that. He could be working on that. I can see that because they also said you couldn't... Basically, the... True love potion was supposed to be impossible as well. Right. So, you know, that's a limitation. The not bringing people back from the dead thing is a limitation the show needs. But if he were trying to get past that limitation, it at least wouldn't be rampant enough that no death means anything. So they could still try and do something there, I guess. Did anybody notice how Dr. Whale reacted to Regina leaning into him and crying (laughs) in his chest? No. (laughs) He kind of like, he looked startled when she did that. He was like, oh. (laughs) I did notice that. Comfort with me. I loved that. It made made Dr. Whale a little bit more likable to me. You want comfort from me? (laughs) He was like, oh. (laughs) I kind of like startled. (laughs) So keep in mind, this episode aired on Mother's Day and how very appropriate then that it was a mother's true love kiss for her son that broke the curse. The funny thing is I knew, I figured there was going to be something very motherly about the episode just because it was on Mother's Day and there are such prominent mother figures in this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you'd think they'd reschedule it so it wouldn't be on Mother's Day, but they wanted they to do it. this. And do you know how many mothers kiss their children, <laughs> young and old, on the forehead after watching this show together? <laughs> no, I don't. How many? Oh, I, I didn't <laughs> count. I stopped at a certain point. So when the curse is broken, Regina is crushed. She's 
did you remember seeing her? She's like, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How was that again? <laughs> I, I know. Which I, so many I actually felt sorry for Regina. So many people asked, why don't they kill her now while she's still like not a queen? <laughs> I was thrilled when she was like... <gasps> Realizing how powerless she was and how everybody was remembering who she was and what she's done. I was so excited. What the main people in the room were Henry, Emma, Regina. Blue Fairy. Blue Fairy. And she's not going to kill someone. And Dr. Whale, whom we have no idea. And that True. nurse that dropped the tray. Yeah, I'm, I said significant <laughs> characters. Oh, she was oh. just a peasant woman, most likely. <laughs> No one important. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) I'd like to know what Dr. Whale remembers. I'd also like to know why they didn't just surround Regina and Bila and somebody just goes, sedate her. We're going to (laughs) tie her up. (laughs) The breaking of the curse, the visual effects of it was very similar. Well, the same kind of rainbow uh, concentric circle. You can say that. I like to say frouche. As when snow was kissed by Prince Charming in the glass coffin. It's a family thing. Yeah, it just... And Rainbows. All of that. It woke people up. It brought light to Storybrooke, mm-hmm. followed by a big purple storm. By the way, how did Henry know that the purple cloud was bad? Well, Any Henry, purple cloud is bad. Purple is not a bad color. <laughs> I like purple. Yeah, I, well, he could tell it's not supposed to happen, so a reasonable assumption it's bad. And he didn't know that they weren't supposed to go back, that that they weren't supposed to go back to Storybrooke. Like, he, he was like, why didn't they go back? Yeah. I don't know. Well, so these characters, as the curse is broken, and you see it sweep across all of these different people, and David just about to leave Storybrooke, but turns around. I wonder, do these people know now their Storybrooke history? Or is oh, it just so. like a complete replacement? Because they must. And I have one very good reason why. Yes. Prince Charming can do many things, but drive a truck? <laughs> I know. I think he probably remembers, or they skipped the whole part where it was like, what am I in? How do I, where do I go? And then he had to figure out. So maybe, yeah, they were wandering around for like four hours while he figured out how to drive back into town. And that's why Snow was like, you found me. <laughs> it took forever oh, and I hit a tree. I thought that was kind of a weird moment. <laughs> like, we've been in storybook for so long, but <gasps> you found me. Well, because now she realizes who she is and who James is. That was just a cheesy moment for me. Like the uh, uh, hugging of the egg. I, I liked it. <laughs> I like the moment you because found me. I kind of liked it, but it was I. I thought similar things about the comment. <laughs> because like, yes, we've been here together for years. <laughs> this whole season has been about the two of them trying to get back to each other, and Regina putting this curse on to separate them. So it's been it's been very much Snow and Prince Charming focused, mm-hmm. and so that's. I'm glad that they found each other before this new whatever this is that came up. But then, as Gold takes Belle uh, with him to the well... By the way, he was so far ahead of her. (laughs) Dude, you thought she was dead for how many years? And now you found out she's alive. And you're not even holding her hand? Well, he says, when the curse is broken and she says, I love you, he says, there will be time for that. There will be time for everything. Yeah, he's but... got bigger things that he's thinking about, I guess. But yes, Bay, I will come with you. Yes, Belle, I will love you later. 
Maybe he was in a hurry because before the curse was broken, one person had magic. Emma. And Emma didn't like Mr. Gold anymore. Hmm. Yeah, but she doesn't really know she has magic. I thought he was just being a jerk. That's true. He was headed to the well. Did he know the curse was about to be broken? It seems like he would have. Because when Bell came to him in his shop, he said, uh, you will know me soon or something like that. Yeah. So why? Oh, good. Yeah. She said, do I know you? And he said, no, but you will. Okay. Good point. So he knew it was going to be broken. Why did the curse have to be broken before he did the well thing? Well, he can see the future when he had magic. So maybe Emma being there somehow gave him magic or he had the love potion. I don't know. He's magic hungry. Or he Mm. could have foreseen all this before. Let's see. He said true love is powerful enough to break any curse. He said that in this episode and it's been several said several other times. Mm Emma broke the curse with her true love, but did she break all of it? Well, I don't or just think some so. of it. But, but why did he have to break any of it to throw the potion down the? Well, he just got well. it. I know. He just got it. I know. And I don't think he was breaking the curse, really. No, I don't think so either. But was he waiting until the curse was broken to try to get magic back into or get magic into this world, or was he not? Was he going to do it anyway? Is what I'm asking. Could have been. So, like, like would magic not stick to him as long as he was cursed? <laughs> or, you know, something like that. <laughs> I'm getting this, like, purple thing stuck on him kind of <laughs> image something. in my head. So, in that well, when it starts spewing this purple stuff out, he says... I'm not alive without magic, well. I'm not bringing it. Magic is coming. Because magic... Power. A little hard to hear, but I think you got the gist of it. I think magic his is true, power. Yeah, his true <laughs> love is magic. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't get it. He doesn't deserve Bell. Well, nope. we've got several, <laughs> several uh, feedback messages to share on this point. Uh, and they're all about <laughs> this last scene, especially. Let's start with MVP said, I was, I'm very disappointed with Regina not playing the bell card. However, with Rumpel bringing magic to Storybrooke, I do wonder the implications of Rumpel's power. Do we think the Dark One's dagger will make Rumpel gold skinned again? <laughs> Rumpel gold skinned? It's- gold skinned. <laughs> oh. I read the hyphen wrong. And MVP continues, do we think the pink smoke will give everyone their power back, their magic back? including magical items, as in Cora's gloves, which nothing to do with gloves weren't magic. Uh, Rumpel's dagger. I'm leaning toward it would be a full reset and that Rumpel's dagger would not have any current owner, so the human Rumpel would be free from the dagger. But then again, he may not want to because he did hide it in the woods. What are your thoughts? I didn't think that... The magic was sourced in the dagger, I suppose. It was tied to it, but... It's a way to control the Dark One. Right. Why wouldn't he make sure to get that before he enacted the purple stuff? Maybe he has it somewhere safe? Maybe? I mean, I thought August had it last. Uh, I don't think 
he kept it. You right. don't think he did? Mm-mm. Hmm. It, I thought he did. It It's probably still hidden somewhere, but this is a good question of maybe this whole magic thing was part of Rumpelstiltskin maintaining his magic without having the burden of being the Dark One. Because remember, that's what the original Dark One said. It was a burden. His life had become a burden. And now it was Rumpelstiltskin's to bear. Yeah. I guess the previous Dark One didn't know how to get his own dagger back. <laughs> Maybe. Huh. Interesting. Or or didn't know what to do with it lots of things but he yeah he definitely he used himself. yeah he can't well but but he could like take control of himself back yeah i think he just didn't want to be that anymore uh. and obi's girl wants to say something on this hi obi's girl hey so i just have two things to say about the rumble reunion in the woods and I just realized this after the first rewatch, but the only reason Belle remembered her fairy tale past was because Emma broke the curse. I didn't, that didn't click with me immediately, but, and there was actually a really nice animated gift set on Tumblr that I found <laughs> comparing the scene with the Disney movie. And it makes me love it even more. With which Disney movie? The Beating the Beast Disney movie at the end, when the curse is finally broken, like, there's a lot of really nice similarities there. Like if you look at that. Oh, interesting. Okay, we're gonna have to check that out then. Yeah, uh, not just Twilight. Look at the Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my only complaint about the scene, and I think a lot of Rumble fans will agree with me, is that they didn't share True Love's kiss, and that was before he released the evil purple smoke of doom. <laughs> I was saying that. I was so upset. I was like, why didn't you just grab her and kiss her and then yeah. drop the thing in the well? <laughs> yeah, he could have. Yeah, I don't. Hopefully, there'll be something about that next yeah. season. Awesome. Well, thanks for calling in, Obi's girl. Sure. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Yeah, and that's true because we all assumed that Belle was locked in the basement because she knew, and we just kind of. We theorized that everybody down there knew who they really were, yeah. but we just kind of ran with that theory because it made so much sense. It and now did. apparently it wasn't true. <sighs> Catherine wasn't down there and <laughs> Belle didn't know who she was, I guess, which is actually kind of merciful because she wasn't stuck in that cell for 28 years, not in a haze. Mm-hmm. Like Jefferson. Yeah. We've got a lot of other feedback too to go through on this. So we're going to press through this. Uh, we also got an uh, email here from Luke at Undead Mousy FX. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Luke says, Hi, guys. Love both the show and your podcast. Thank you. For the podcast part, we didn't do the show. <laughs> I'm still playing catch up, but it's nice to see there are others out there who had similar theories to myself. Really looking forward to season two. Can't wait to watch how magic works out in our world. I do wonder, however... Are the characters still stuck in Storybrooke? And will Regina still be bound by Rumpelstiltskin's use of the word please? Keep mm. up the great work. Regards, Luke. I bet he won't be able to use please anymore because the curse is broken. And that was that was one of the terms of the curse. Yeah. Well, oh. well, well, it was the deal that he made with her yeah. concerning the curse. A theory and about that. 
is the curse entirely broken? I have a theory about that. Okay, go ahead, Jeremy. Is it time? Is it time to yes. talk theories about what actually happened at the end? Mm-hmm. Here's my theory, and I hate it. I kind of hope that I'm not right, okay? So just bear that in mind, and it's only one possible theory. Okay. So magic comes into town, and I might not form this theory except for the look on Regina's face. Maybe, and I don't know how all this works, but maybe this gives her, whether it gives her the power or it just brings the power back, the curse was only partially broken, or whether it was fully or partially, this gives her the power to put it back into place. So, Hmm. new stories in everybody's heads, they all forget who they are, they all maybe forget Emma, and now Emma's the only one you know, so it's almost like she's rolled into town day one. Now even Henry doesn't know who she is. Oh. She's the only one who believes that they're all fairy tale characters, and nobody believes her. Even so you're she saying to tell be them. back in Storybrooke? Yes, I really hope they leave Storybrooke. But maybe even with these new stories and these new consciousnesses, if you will, in their minds, magic has always been part of this world, and so magic happens in Storybrooke now. But they all think it's normal. They're all used to this world to so be like Storybrooke 2.0 or something <laughs> like that. And But Emma's still there trying to break it. And of course, she still can't be harmed because then the curse would break. So she's protected, but she's sort of fighting on her own at this point. And certain people maybe would still know, like Rumpelstiltskin, and maybe he would be able to leave. I don't know. I don't even like the theory. Because it puts too many things back that we thought were gone. But it's possible. Hmm. We really have no idea what's on the other side of this purple cloud. Mm -hmm. Because, remember, Emma was surprised and asking Henry, if the curse is broken, why are we all still here? Why are they all still here? Right. And maybe the purple cloud sends them back? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because Rumpelstiltskin said, I'm bringing magic. He didn't mm-hmm. say anything about the people. He said he's right. bringing magic to the Well, this he's world. not ready to go back. He hasn't accomplished what he came here for. Exactly. And the other thing that makes me start to lean toward that reset theory, as I'm calling it, was the clock and the symbolism of clicking over to 815, right where it started. Right. Or, yeah, is time going to be frozen again? I sort of viewed it that as be. Storybrooke is finished. Like, it's oh. done its rotation, as opposed to it's gone back to the beginning. I suppose that could be. Which Ooh. I'd rather it be that way than Maybe. go and redo everything. Maybe Storybrooke will be destroyed, and everyone will still know who they are, and they can leave. And they just sort of scatter and fight the battle Around the globe. Yeah, could that, would, be. that would be, that could get messy. It could get messy and because fun. everybody's like in different places. Like, like Granny and the Wolf could go to Scotland. <laughs> and Peter Pan, oh wait, we haven't seen Peter Pan yet. Or it might turn into some kind of war that people end up fleeing from and Rumpelstiltskin stays in Storybrooke. But then we start seeing this story take place in different places around the world. And at some point they have to come back <gasps> together. And then conduct they, a war that in could Storybrooke. Be really messy. Or if they ever want to go home, they have to come back or something. That could get really messy. It could. I don't want to see it get messy. <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to be contained in Storybrooke. It already got messy. Well, it's all sort of. so neatly contained oh. in <laughs> yeah. Storybrooke. So you don't want it to actually if happen in your backyard. Everybody leaves. Like, it's like 
everywhere. <laughs> Chaos. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> and we've got another live call in from Belle. Hey, Belle. Thanks for calling in. Hey, guys. Um, so there's a couple loose ends that nobody's talked about so far that I think are going to be really huge players in terms of what's going to happen and what the whole deal is with all this. And I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't been brought up yet. But, okay, there's, there's a couple things that are bugging me. Um, one is that Emma still owes a favor to Mr. Gold. And if, in theory, Emma has already broken the curse, and then, in theory, her job is over, what could Gold possibly want from her? Hmm. Um, so I think it's interesting that she still owes something to him, and I'm really unsure about what that could be at this at this point in the game um, if the curse is really broken. Um, and, and there's a few other things in Storybook, too. Um, when Mr. Gold helped out Mary Margaret when she was in jail... And he said to her, I'm invested in your future. And now knowing how the curse is broken and, and that the curse did break, I'm really confused as to why he was invested in Mary Margaret's future. Because honestly, looking back at that whole storyline, Catherine could have died, Mary Margaret could have gone to jail, and it wouldn't, in theory, have affected anything that happened um, with the curse or anything of the sort. So if, he, if he's still invested in Mary Margaret's future, I'm really curious as to why. Um, and also, it was sort of mentioned earlier a little bit as well, but Mr. Gold went to put the um, the love potion in the well to release magic before he actually knew that the curse had been broken, which he had reason to believe it probably would be soon. But in theory, he could have released it and the curse hadn't been broken. So I'm a little confused as to how that works. Um, so yeah, so those those are my main things. And then this is such a random, subtle mind thing. It does sort of relate to fairy tale land, but wondering why Regina needed that specific apple from the blind witch when she was already going to put a separate sleeping curse on it. <laughs> so those are just some of my some of my my questions that have not really been addressed or wrapped up that I'm wondering if they're really going to affect um, what's going to happen in season two and what this world is we're waiting to go into. Yeah, a lot of things, I, I don't know that they're going to give us answers on a lot of these, but they might just leave it to us to theorize on our own, or they might give us some of these answers on some of these things. I think about right. Emma, Emma's, um, the favor that she owes him. She's a princess now, now that the curse has been lifted, so she probably has more to offer now being a princess. Hmm. Right. True. I'm still wondering right. if Emma's favor will be to take the curse from Mr. Gold. I don't know. That would be awesome like, and scary. Take away the power. Yeah, like uh-huh. somehow trick her or somehow like she's obligated to stab him and take the curse after <laughs> he finds his son or so. Hmm. Well, like... Except except that Belle in theory could... If, if, the, if the same rules are going to apply in Storybrooke that applied in the fairy tale world, Belle could just kiss him and the curse would be broken on him. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Maybe he's waiting this- to do that to, until he finds Bay. Ooh. So he's yeah. using Bell as his safety net. Yeah. And that's well, hmm, And I'm really curious as to what Emma's role is going to be in this new universe because if if everything is very cut and dry and the curse has been broken, in theory, I mean, she's a princess and whatnot, but in theory her role as this powerful savior is then over. Mm-hmm. She's fulfilled her purpose. She's broken the curse. And so, so I'm curious as to what that is. If the curse isn't totally broken, then she obviously has more to do. I, I'm, I'm wondering if the curse hasn't been broken, if the favor has something to do with Emma dying, like sacrificing herself to 
restore all the happy endings. Mm-hmm. But 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 I got really confused that the curse was broken at the end of season one because then I was like, well, does Emma now no longer have magic? Is she no longer important as the savior because her purpose has now been fulfilled in this world? Yeah. I don't know. Good I thoughts. Wanna... Thank you very much, though, for calling in, Belle. Yeah. We're going to mull over these thoughts quite a bit. <laughs> totally. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Belle. Thanks. I I do wonder that. But then again, is Once Upon a Time, the TV show, really all about just this curse? I don't think so. That's Probably how season not. one is about the right. curse. Without going to detail of Lost, uh-huh. <laughs> they flip-flop the story so many times that you're like, whoa. You got yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah. But like it, they had like these little like stories and they completed them and then they went on to something right. else. So I really think this is right. going to be similar and the yeah. curse is just, it's over, it's done with. This will be a new chapter. Mm-hmm. A, a story I, arc for each season. And especially comparing the first season to later seasons in Lost, you kind of, it's like you thought you knew what the story was about. Yes. <laughs> but then if you look back, you're like, we didn't know what anything. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> And it could be very much like, I mean, I don't think it's giving anything away to say that there was a particular hatch and they spent all of season one wondering what's in there, what's in there, what's in there. And that is such a, like, that's just one point in the whole show Mm -hmm. by the time you, so maybe it's like that. What happens if we break the curse? What happens? What happens? And Mm -hmm. that's like opening the hatch and beyond breaking the curse is the rest of the story, the yeah. real show. And talking about what uh, Belle was mentioning about Mr. Gold and Poof, Purple Cloud, and his timing in that, I think he has great intuition, and I think he knew that the curse was going to be mm-hmm. lifted. He almost seemed relieved when he got up there, or almost seemed relieved that the curse had been broken. Like, ah, there we go. Now it's my cue. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We've got a live call in from Obi's girl and her boyfriend, Andrew. Thank you for calling, guys. Hello. Hello. So my theory on the uh, big purple cloudy curse is that it unleashed magic upon the world. But the rules, I mean, basically a rundown of the rules, and this is strictly my prediction. um, Nobody has innate magical powers yet. But because Rumpelstiltskin and the Evil Queen and Jefferson have some experience with magic that's why they're you know that's why you saw the evil queen smirk at the end because she has a she and rumpelstiltskin have the edge right now that they know kind of how to manipulate magical forces now the one interesting thing was uh mr gold was spinning that uh that globe around a lot the black globe and he did say at the end that magic is power so i think the rules are is magic will be tameable within the bounds of Storybrooke and Rumpel in season two is going to be tempting to find how to make those, uh, how to make that work outside of Storybrooke. I think he's got his sights set on bigger and better things like the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. but But it will probably be a rule that he can't use that outside of Storybrooke yet. But then again, if the curse is broken, then it would seem like that boundary is now broken. That could be as well too. But he's also going to have to contend with Regina also having magic or having the potential to use it. And Belle, who's going to be like, you're being corrupted by this yet again. Knock it off. <laughs> she will be his conscience. She'll be his conscience. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what season two will be a lot of. Whereas 
the rumple, you know, the, the, the little imp part of him is going to want to take over the world, essentially. No, I think he's, he wants the magic so he can find Bellfire. I think he wants to go to the world. But I don't that's want to his people yet. <laughs> it, it might be both. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking is that he wants both to rule the world and have Bellfire. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think he wants to rule the world, you know, in an, in an evil sense of, you know, take over the world and build a brand new Australia. That's such a dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mean, you know, none of this kneel before Zod stuff. I just, <laughs> yes, Superman 2 reference. Um, <laughs> but I, I think he just wants it where no one can threaten him ever because he is essentially a coward in the end. And without his power, he's afraid. Always his thing. Well, thank you very much for calling in, Obi's Girl and Andrew. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Some awesome theories there. Nice. And I, I think that's a direction that we could be going. I really like the idea of not realizing how this is what the whole season was, that they couldn't go beyond Storybrooke. But then being able to expound further. And actually taking it to like our backyard type of thing, not like mm-hmm. Storybrooke, where's Storybrooke, even though we could actually know where it's filmed. But I really like that idea. And Rumpel actually, you know, going further. I'm wondering if they'll do that in a later season. I know. It's like we think of that the show has these rules, like it has to stay in Storybrooke and that way it works with our world because nobody outside. It could be happening right now and we wouldn't know about Storybrooke, but <laughs> they could... They could do that. They could go and like conquer nations or whatever. I mean, Rumpelstiltskin could, and it could totally. They they like to break the rules. These writers remember that Rumpelstiltskin did say that he already has travel plans, so he knows yes. where he wants to go. We don't know why. We don't know where that is. Bermuda, <laughs> Tunisia. No, <laughs> lost <Yeah. rivet. laughs> We got another email in from Slurpees108 saying, Dear Once Podcast, we've all heard by now that true love is the greatest magic of all, which is the bottled potion Rumpelstiltskin created. In the season finale, the last thing he said is that magic is power. My theory has two components. The first is that Rumpelstiltskin wants to have power over the blue fairy. I suspect the fairies may not get their magic back in our realm since he has a vendetta against the blue fairy for taking away, away Balefire. Rumpelstiltskin seems to have generated an alternative source of magic that is derived from true love rather than from fairy dust. In episode 14, we saw that fairy dust made from crushed diamonds is what powers magic in fairy tale land. If love, rather than fairy dust, is magic in our world, then the fairies may not regain magic in Storybrooke. Hmm. By the the (laughs) way, uh, on this point, also consider that if if true love is the most powerful magic... Is that the kind of magic Rumpelstiltskin is getting? And some new curse or whatever this is, is it so powerful that true love can't even break it? Something to think about. Awkward. Yeah. Oops, (laughs) (laughs) we're stuck. And Slurpees continues. Next, in episode 16, however, we heard Rumpelstiltskin say that if you can bottle true love, the greatest magic of all, you can do anything. Even though in fairy tale land, there were certain limits to magic, which we've heard both the genie and Rumple repeat, there is a new form of magic to consider. The magic created from true love is the most powerful of all and allows the person who bottles it to do anything. What if Rumpelstiltskin bottled true love so he could bring back people to life, make people fall in love, wish for more wishes? 
<laughs> his son, Balefire, traveled out of fairy tale land centuries ago, and we don't know what his fate is or to which time period he traveled. Yet, perhaps Rumpel added his, this new, most powerful magic of all as his contingency plan, just in case his son, Balefire, is no longer living. It would also create a way for departed loved ones like Daniel and Regina, Peter and Red, and Graham and Emma to find their happy endings too. Thank you for all of your very stimulating and entertaining podcast. Sincerely, Slurpees108. Thanks, Slurpees. Great thoughts. And I I don't think we're going to see people come back from the dead, but this new power cannot be defeated. And one would hope my thought, and we can explain this more in a later episode, but my thought is Balefire is only 28 years older than we've seen him before. I think he oh, came yeah. into our land at the same time as everyone else. I don't know. And we'll, we'll explain that more in a future episode. Uh, Shamrock emailed in saying, Hey y'all love the podcast. Thank you guys so much for it. Gold slash Rumple has now chosen power over bell twice and Bay once over bay once so he clearly loves the power more than them i want bell to run away from him as fast as she can like the gingerbread man (laughs) (laughs) as great as robert carlisle is in the role i cringe during the scene at the well where she just stood there while he was clearly using magic and she knows no good comes from that yeah from shamrock she must really love him if 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 we see her stick by him she she must really love him. We also got a voicemail in from Anne Sidney uh, calling in from Colorado. Hi, Wednesdays. This is Anne Sidney from Colorado. Um, I was just thinking about uh, a couple of things today because I finished watching the last episode of season one and I'm so sad that we're on our hiatus. But um, I was wondering what you guys think of what Mr. Gold did at the end. Um, I know there's probably going to be lots of speculation considering that he probably sent everybody back to fairy tale land, but I'm thinking that is not so because he hasn't found Bay yet, or it could be so because he found Belle, his true love, um, and now he doesn't feel that he needs to find Bay anymore. Um, but I'm not sure. I'd love to hear you guys' feedback on this. I can't wait for the podcast. Great job on that, guys. And I'll talk to you all later. Bye. We think he's, uh, everyone is still in Storybrooke, right? Mm-hmm. But magic brought back to all or just Rumpelstiltskin? To the land. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Clearly, Regina thinks she's getting some of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the whatever that face was she made. Yes. Yeah. Lilla Faye Wood emailed in saying, words cannot express what just happened and what I just went through. I laughed. I cried. I almost had five heart attacks. She's talking about the finale, <laughs> <Right> obviously. <after. laughs> I must say that the directors did the wonderful job. With the parallel storylines, I love how everyone remembered, and the look on Dr. Whale was priceless. I got the vibe that he was thinking, I'm supposed to be a whale. (laughs) There were moments when, which by the way, maybe we'll do a whole episode about him someday. There were moments when I wanted to both hug and punch Rumpelstiltskin. 
Mr. Gold in the face. I was so happy that he and Belle got back together, but also sad that he still wanted power. The cliffhanger is definitely going to make me crazy. So I believe that something bad is going to happen since Rumpel let loose all kinds of magic. Red with rampage through the town as a wolf, Regina and Mr. Glass will once will rule once again. What will really happen? We may never know. Until then, hide your children, cover the mirrors, and don't eat the apples. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> From Lilla Faywood. That was awesome. I want a t-shirt that says that. Yes. <laughs> Ellie also emailed in saying, I just began listening to your podcast and I'm really enjoying them. Because I am new, I don't know if you have covered the topic of what happens to Henry if everyone goes back to fairy tale land. I personally don't think that his dad must be a fairy tale character, not yet revealed. That somehow made it to Earth before. I would love for him to be revealed in season two and when the characters are finally able to return, whichever season that may be. For Emma, Henry, and him to have their happy ending, I am also playing around with the idea that when they return, would time have passed or would it go back to the same time of the curse taking effect? Your theories would be appreciated. Another issue I'm trying to figure out is whether or not the characters will remember everything from their time in Storybrooke, which we're thinking so, right? I know that some have some knowledge of it because they weren't all freaking out when they remembered, and Belle said that she remembered Rumpelstiltskin. If she had no knowledge of her time in Storybrooke, she wouldn't have remembered that she forgot. (laughs) There's also the issue of whether or not they will have trouble with the two conflicting identities in their heads like Jefferson had. Thanks. From Ellie. Hmm. I don't know that he had a problem with that so much as he just... Did he say that? Yeah, he Maybe said he that uh, having two conflicting realities will drive you crazy. Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't sure how he meant that. And that's why he didn't want uh, his daughter, oh, right. Grace slash, slash Paige, to be woken up in that sense. is because he didn't want her to have those conflicting realities. And mm. one last voicemail we got in from Brittany. Hello, my name's Brittany. I'm a big fan of your podcast. I just wanted to say that I really loved the season finale of Once Upon a Time last Sunday. I thought it was as satisfying as a series finale because there were so many people that were reunited again and it left enough of a cliffhanger for people to continue watching it even though a lot of people got back together, which was what people were initially watching it for, or at least what some people were watching it for. And um, I guess my question or theory is, um, I know Last Sunday, um, the caller Bell had talked about uh, what was in store for both Stiltskin in the future, and how she had mentioned that Regina was the only one that would actually kill the person that she loved the most, as compared to Rumpelstiltskin. And I think this is going to play a huge factor in the next couple seasons, because unfortunately I don't think Rumpelstiltskin will make it to the end of the show and I think that the thing that's going to make him sacrifice himself is either for Bay or Belle because of his love for these two characters and I think that's the defining difference between Regina and Rumpelstiltskin and I think that's going to play a major factor. Also the fact that you guys had mentioned that Emma becoming the Dark One might be the favor that Rumpelstiltskin asks for and um, I could see that playing either way either because he's guilty if something happens to Bay or Belle, or that he needs Emma to complete the deed, 
if he's dying or something like that. Because he does have a cane. We don't really know why he has that limp in his leg. So, yeah, um, that's my theories and predictions. Um, love the podcast, guys. I'll continue to listen to you and have a great day. Thank you very much for calling in, Brittany. Thanks. Some great theories and predictions there. I just realized something. Yeah. Why would he go to all the trouble of getting... Well, he wasn't looking for Bella because he thought she was dead. But why would he go to so much trouble to find Bay just to have Emma kill him? That's Un- true. Unless Emma somehow has some kind of magic that she can remove the power from him without killing him. Yeah. But I that would be a little weird. I don't think he wants to lose his power. I don't think so. I like the theory that... He'll find Bay, and then he'll kiss Belle, and then they'll live happily ever after. <laughs> and I think that the end. some way, for some reason, he's going to ask for Henry. Why would he do that? Why does he ask for any child? Well, he is the one who brought Henry into Once Upon into Storybrooke, and we yeah. always wondered why did he look for him? Why did he want him? Well, that was to get Emma there. Yeah, I but, think that's why. Well, that's what we thought. That's what True. the writers wanted us to think. True. Hmm. So, I don't know. He's always making deals that involve people's kids. So, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Maybe he's like the giant that likes to grind their bones to make his bread. <laughs> I hope not. Although he's a little imp, so he's not very giant-like. <laughs> well, everyone, this has been an amazing episode. I know we could go on longer, and we've been receiving feedback while we've been recording, but we just can't include that as we're recording but check out the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums and the forums are open 24 hours a day seven days a week all summer long throughout the hiatus so even if we don't podcast for a week which we are going to take a couple breaks here and there uh, we still welcome all kinds of conversation there in the forums and as soon as we know season two information you can start talking about that also in the forums so Check it out over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. Also check out the website to make sure that you are subscribed. Leave some ratings and reviews, especially written reviews in iTunes. We would really appreciate that because then it helps get us in front of a larger audience of people and helps bump us up in the rankings in iTunes. But also, if you want to get the Season 1 DVD or Blu-ray, you can order that through amazon.com. Go to oncepodcast.com slash season one, and that's our affiliate link there. And if you purchase through that, it helps support the show. And I think they still have this, but check the page. When you get there, look closely. There might be a $15 off coupon, so you could save some money by pre-ordering now. That comes out in August, and there's a chance we might get an early review copy, and we can share some of the stuff about it, maybe, if they let us. Then we can see season one early. (laughs) Wait. Also, check out the soundtrack by Mark Isham. Beautiful soundtrack. You can get that, just the CD version so far. It's not available for download anywhere yet. But check that out over at onespodcast.com slash soundtrack. And you can purchase that from Amazon. And it's back in stock as of right now. But it comes in and out of stock every day. They're going through these copies like crazy, I'm sure. So check out everything about us. Follow us. Uh, click all of our buttons on the website and everything over at oncepodcast.com and the show notes for this episode will be at oncepodcast.com slash 39. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter as twitter.com slash oncepodcast and we have a new Tumblr account too so you can visit oncepodcast.tumblr.com but we'll have links to that on 
the website as well, oncepodcast.com. That's all you really need to remember, oncepodcast.com. It's all there. Everything is linked from there. Get it all. And you can follow each of us on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Phlegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. So check out the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 39. And remember, this summer, keep listening as we do some more episodes, but also beware, magic is coming. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of Once Podcast. If you would like to sponsor an episode, go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor.